Hey legends, I'm Eliza Lee and you're listening to The Making of an Incredible MD, the podcast for aspiring medical professionals. Each week, we'll bring in a current MD student and a practicing physician to talk about an important topic in the medical field. From the effects of climate change to the influence of social media on our health, we'll uncover a maze of different perspectives and end each episode with an ethical dilemma for us all to consider. Stay tuned as we literally hear the making of these incredible MDs unfold right before our ears. Sarah is our head of GAMSAT and the absolute brains behind Hallard. Right now, she's an MD3 student at Monash Medical School, where I'm sure if you know Sarah, you'll know everyone knows her. I just love how willing to learn, grow, and share Sarah is, so we definitely appreciate Sarah tackling this big topic of the meaning of life and how doctors view death. Um, look, can we start that again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know you get to cut this, right? Like, Yes, yeah, sir. Loud and clear. And now over to the recording. Thanks so much, Sarah, for joining us on episode three, which is all about the meaning of life and how doctors view death and suffering. Just for a heads up to all of our listeners, this could be a really sensitive topic for some people who may have lost um, someone recently or a loved one at all. Um, And so just a heads up there. But Sarah, I would love you to sort of introduce yourself because you are our brilliant head of GAMSAT and all of our med interview sort of stuff and have definitely come a long way having gone through that medical school journey. Of course, yeah. I'm really excited to have a bit of a chat about this topic today. I don't have as much a personal connection to the topic as some listeners might, but definitely my perspectives on this have changed and evolved as I've been a medical student and I perceive that they'll continue to. So I'm excited to discuss where I'm at with that and some of the things going forward. Let's kick off with how has your perspective or view on the meaning of life and death changed over the course of your time as a medical student? So I guess I'm pretty religious and I've always had the belief that there's more than life than what we currently know. And that's just something that I've always found an important rooting part of my life and the way that I view the world around me. And I think that this has really helped me during hard times to be able to lean on my faith, whether it's things that I've seen in medical school or things I've seen without medical school. I think everyone's seen grief and suffering in the world and a lot of hardships and my faith's definitely helped me with that. But I think that I've had to change my perspective in terms of that death is an inevitable part of life and that it's an unavoidable part and that there can be purpose in death no matter who you are and what you believe in no matter what that might look like for you I think that everyone that I've come across has some thoughts on what it means to live and what it means to die and I think I had have had to learn how to be more open-minded about how people see life and what people's faith or lack of faith looks like and how to respect that rather than just assuming that everyone sees the world through a similar lens to me. Yeah so what's sort of like an example of um, being able to empathize with someone who might have a lack of faith being someone who is faithful? I think initially it was a lot harder I think that it's very easy to have an us and them complex in many ways in medicine. And it's something you have to constantly check yourself of. You're not some superhero that's flown in to save the day. You're there to learn and you're there to help and there to understand other people's journeys and experiences. So when people talk to me about how they view life and when people don't have a lot of hope for anything after death, the conversation is more empathizing around how they're probably feeling about their life possibly coming to an end 
beyond. And it's more about celebrating the life that they have lived and the things that they believe around that. So if they believe that the purpose of life is more to do good and contribute to just life and energy in general, then that's the thing that we focus on and that's the thing that we talk about. So I think it's being adaptable to what they think and putting your biases, putting your opinions aside and not trying to force on them, you know what, this is what I believe or don't worry, I know that there's life after death so you can know that too because that's just not the reality and that's not fair to a patient who's the one who's vulnerable and suffering. So I think when I'm having a conversation with someone like that, they really, if they're willing to be having the conversation in the first place, it probably means they want someone there to listen and to empathize. So the best thing that I can do is try to put myself in their shoes and go, you know what, this is how they view their life. Let's celebrate that. And there are so many amazing things that people do in their lives. And it's awesome to chat to them about what makes them who they are regardless of how they view their life and whether they think there's a next stage or not yeah well I guess like how do you as a budding medical professional then be a pillar of strength for grieving families as I guess just a medical professional and a human you know who are constantly surrounded by severely suffering I think that being a medical professional, you have a unique role because you get to be part, you get to be a stranger amidst some of the most vulnerable and challenging moments of somebody's life and of a family's experience. So it's really raw and it can be really difficult. I think that for the medical student, it's a little bit different because we aren't the ones that are calling the shots or I guess the big dogs in the room. And so we're able to have those to notice what the struggles are or to recognise when the family is not coping and just spend time with them and it really just be there, not as a medical student, not as a prospective health professional, but just as a listening ear or someone who's there to help, someone who can go and help them get their coffee or whatever it might be. And that might not seem like the typical role of a medical student, but it's about showing up and showing that you care. And Mm. a lot of doctors, they don't, I'm sure they want to be able to do that, but they're so busy. And sometimes us medical students, we're just sort of wandering around the road, wondering what we can do to be helpful. And that's one of the really effective ways is to go and reach out to people who are having a hard time and just sit and give them a listening ear. I think that's one of the best things. And one of the most appreciated things is when you walk into the room and say, hey, do you need a chat? And, you know, you notice that they weren't feeling great that morning. You can just go in and say hi and say, you know what? I noticed you were feeling a bit down. Do you want to talk about it? There's not a lot I can do, but I'm here if you need someone to listen. And sometimes that does far more than trying to force yourself into being the person who's bigger than you actually are. Yeah. So so having been on so many different like clinical placements and obviously um, having exposure to see so many patients, how do you deal with sort of the emotional burnout that could potentially be something that you experience as a medical student and sort of stop yourself from bringing that emotional burden home with you? Yes, I think it's so easy to become emotionally burnt out in so many ways in the medical profession. And it does start as a medical student and it will just get worse if you don't find ways to deal with it. I thought of two things. The first thing being creating boundaries. And I was listening to another podcast recently from a medical professional who said that when she leaves the hospital doors, everything stays inside. And I thought, you know what, that's so true. That's so important because it's really easy to get home and still thinking about this person that I saw on the ward and are they okay? And, oh, I hope that, you know, the doctor got back to 
to them and that they got this positive test result and whatnot. And it can get a little bit ridiculous. So setting that mental and physical boundary. So going, you know what, my brain is going to turn this off the moment that I'm in X place or the moment I leave X place. I think that that's really helpful. And so I've been trying that, you know what, the people I see, the patients I see, when I leave the hospital, that's not my life anymore. I need to live my life outside of the hospital. So I think that's been really beneficial. The other thing or the second thing is learning gratitude. And this looks different for different people. I'm a big advocate for mindfulness and getting involved in that, getting around that. Love a lot of yoga as well. But I think actually conscious gratitude, and it's really easy to do because I'll usually do it just when I'm driving home. But this week I saw a patient actually who had severe complications from diabetes, who was relatively young, and he'd had to have his dominant hand amputated. And seeing him was just really tragic and talking to him and talking about his life and his experience his life has just been so drastically impacted by his diabetes and by I guess this condition that he didn't choose to have and I think seeing him I just felt this immense second-hand sadness and depression I just imagined what it was like to be him and I was like wow and when I saw him, it was just before afternoon tea. So then the afternoon tea cart came around and he said, can you put my sugars in my coffee for me and pass me my coffee? And I think that it reminded me, you know what, I'm not just here to learn as a medical student. I'm here to learn about the human experience. And he is having such a hard experience. But when I left, I just couldn't stop thinking about him. So I wasn't doing a very good job at those boundaries. I was just like, you know, how is he pouring his coffee when I'm not there? And currently it's in the COVID situation. And so he's, family can't even come in and visit. And so I was like, how is he looking after himself right now? He's relying on all the other medical staff on the ward and other people to help him. And so that night I was, you know, making my dinner and I was like, you know what, I'm so grateful. Like I have so much health and I'm able to do all these things for myself and I have my hand and it can be as simple as that. It can be, you know what, People go through all sorts of experiences in life and I can be grateful for my experience and for what I'm able to do because of that. So it was a really eye-opening experience and I have these moments all the time. And I guess it's not about whether you have these moments or not. It's how you reflect on them, how you use them to grow. And seeing this patient was another small sort of drop into my cup of here's how you're going to learn how to be strong and resilient even when you see hard things so learning to be grateful is something that's been sort of in my inventory in my toolbox something that i've learned how to do and use to deal with seeing things that can be really difficult to see and things that i wouldn't expect to have to see in my early 20s but that's part of this profession and learning how to deal with it is really essential absolutely thank you for all of all that insight from your experience obviously at the end of every podcast you also know because we we wrote this together um we have an ethical dilemma um, about this topic and so the one this week is is it okay to refuse seeing a patient based on your personal emotional state and burnout and if it's okay or if it's not okay why or why not Yeah, I love this question. And for anyone who's listening in who is wanting to get into medical school, this is definitely a type of question that 
you could be asked because it's really important to think about the you versus them dilemma. And it can seem like medicine is all about being altruistic, but it's not. There's a balance. And if you're not able to show up for yourself, how can you show up for anybody else? So I think that absolutely it's okay to draw a line in the sand, but there are options and there are steps though. Obviously, you can't just leave a patient stranded. Uh, that's something that you've signed up for as your duty of care in the medical profession. But it doesn't mean that you have to do it all yourself. And so I think starting in with a check-in. So why don't I want to see this patient? Are they, Is it because I've seen them before and they're particularly difficult? Is it because talking to them I find draining? Is it because they look like a big case? Is it because I feel like I don't know anything about their condition and that I don't think I'll be good at it. Or is it because I'm just genuinely burnt out? And then can you still see, I think asking yourself next, can I still see this patient, but set limits? So set a boundary with them on the time I spend with them or on how much I proceed with them before referring them on. Or if you're like, you know what? I don't think that it's right for me to see them, making sure you find a better person who can and is able to see them. So obviously you can't just turn down a patient because you feel like it. But definitely if your personal emotional state is on the brink of burnout, absolutely, I think that it's important to make sure that you're okay and that you can look after yourself so that then you're able to give your patients a leg up. Awesome. Well, thank you for clarifying all of that and being on episode three or is it four? I cannot remember. That was definitely a very intimate look into how Sarah's medical school journey has shaped her into the incredible person she is now. And on the next episode, we'll hear back from Sam, who was on our previous episode on his journey with the meaning of life and death after the passing of a very near and dear friend. We'll catch her then.